What's up, everybody? I am Levi Brickley, your host with the Pursuing Truth podcast. This is another episode of SNL Hot Takes with my awesome co-host, Samantha Jimenez. How are you, Samantha? I'm excited. I'm ready to go. We're getting right into it today, so I'm ready. Yeah, you know, um, you guys see this like curated content and uh, you don't see behind the scenes and maybe some of the struggles that we go through, you know, getting set up and stuff. And, and last night we tried to record this episode and we were having technical difficulties for a solid hour and a half, just trying to work through all the in and outs of, of like the way we do this. And uh, we were both exhausted by the time we finally got recording. And um, I don't think either one of us could really talk that well. So my we, brain hurt afterwards i'm like i can't even i don't even know what i'm saying right now <laughs> i know it's like my frontal lobe was just sitting there and throbbing uh so um but but we're here today we're gonna do great um so it is october 20th so we're recording this the day before it releases so i am going to do my best to make sure this gets out to you guys especially on youtube by 6 a.m but it takes some time to uh, upload the video of course you'll be getting this after it's already uploaded but we're going to be talking about um, dating expectations and overcomplicating the dating world because I think that this is a, a true issue. Sam and I have talked about masculinity and femininity, and um, you know it's kind of one of the things that we're trying to reason. We're we're trying to figure out you know how or why has culture like got to this point where it's just so difficult to um, really get to know somebody. And I think to start, um, one of the things is, especially with the red pill movement, is it doesn't teach men what true masculinity is about. In my opinion, true masculinity is about your relationship with God, and through that is character and integrity, and everything else falls into line after that. I think that um, working out is great. It's great for your health. It's really good to be healthy. You need to be a healthy man to take care of your family, live longer. Those are good things. But ultimately, it's where you are at spiritually, where you are at mentally. And I believe the only way to truly find peace in your life is with your relationship with God. And I think that the red pill movement really leaves that out of the conversation to focus on that aspect of masculinity, being a leader within the community, being a leader within the home, living according to the standards that God has for us. Sam, what are uh, what are some expectations that you would say that women have for men? So I like what you said. I agree with the red pill, leaving out some really the most important factor of being a masculine man, which is uh, you getting your knowledge or your information, your guidance from God, not from ourselves, not from um, other people around us, because that's always proven in the Bible that every time God allows us to have free will, it somehow we still take advantage of that and we still ruin it for ourselves instead of if we just are more obedient and humble, I think is the most important thing is to just be humble, then we're not going to be led astray. But as far as expectations, you said, what are some expectations that women have? I, I think first off, women have extremely, extremely high expectations for men. And I think the same goes for men have very high expectations for women. So a lot of women say that they um, want a man who makes a lot of money, who has, he is a certain height and he's, uh, you know, financially secure. But the reality is a lot of men uh, don't reach that point until they're later in life. So a lot of men are leaning more towards um, 
waiting to get into a marriage or being in a relationship because they see that a lot of women have such high standards or high expectations for for that role and they're like you know what I'd rather not and I don't honestly blame these men for deciding to kind of just be like ah checked out I'll, I'm going to focus on myself instead of focusing on chasing a woman which I think is really the, the better thing to do yeah and I also think that it's important to recognize it's unhealthy to chase women it really is because then you're constantly comparing you know maybe what your self-worth is if you fail to get the woman that you're trying to obtain um, and, and what I mean by that is like, uh, you know, kind of hitting back on kind of what you were saying, you know, maybe that mid thirties, early forties is when a man is truly financially successful. And, um, I have hit on this a couple times, but one of the important things to think about here is that I believe that there's really kind of two high moments for, for a man. And that is in his early twenties, he's showing potential. Can he get there by 35? And then 35, 40 years old, 50, when he is financially stable, or maybe he's not, then that's a determination of if he was successful from that age of 22. Um, and, and maybe the reason why I say that is because in my early 20s, it was a lot easier for me to get into a relationship and find a woman that wanted to be in a relationship with me. But here at 28 years old, it's kind of like this in-between time of like, I'm still establishing myself as a man. And, um, so all of the success per se hasn't come to true fruition yet. And so, uh, I, I think, I think, you know, you hit this, uh, mid late twenties, early thirties, and it's extremely hard for men in the dating world. And it's because those expectations are so dang high. I, and, and uh, the, the thing is a woman should have a high expectations. A woman should have high standards, but a woman that has, this ideal of like a prince charming that's perfect in every single way that maybe there is that money maybe he does have the character maybe he does have the integrity maybe he's funny maybe he's this maybe he's that maybe he's this maybe he's that you're compounding the interest and in what it takes to find somebody that will meet your expectations and this is something that we really need to consider is that Yo, like write down your expectations, write down your standards. And when you write down your expectations and standards, list them out on like what's most important and what's least important. And then by doing that, you can find things that you can compromise on because ultimately in any relationship, one of the most important things that we can do is compromise with one another. It doesn't mean, look, because you shouldn't settle for somebody that's obviously egotistical, uh, narcissistic, um, selfish. You, you start doing those things, and that, honestly, I believe that's what leads down the road of abuse because a man is solely focused on himself, and he's not focused on the sacrifice to you as a woman or or to the community to be the man that the community needs, that the family needs. Um, you know, I, uh, I was driving around town today. Um, I live in El Dorado, Kansas, a little small town here in southeastern Kansas, and... Um, I've lived here all my life and, uh, you know, I have a big family. I'm very family oriented. Um, I've always been a very driven person. I've ran three different businesses, uh, started when I was young. And as I go down this like memory, memory lane trail, I can't help, but, you know, ask myself, you know, why am I in the position that I'm in? Why am I single? Why don't I have a wife? You know, like I've got a good job. I've got a nice house. I, I, 
shoot, I got a driver's license. I got a car, you know, I got, I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the simplest of things, but not just that it's, it's being family oriented, being involved in the community. You know, I, I ran even in my early twenties, I was running, um, I was running a, uh, a Bible study here, here at the house with just other men. And it grew from like three or four of us to then 17 of us sitting in the living room talking about our relationship with God and manhood. And I was doing that when I was 22. I was coaching little league baseball. Like these are things, I'm not a perfect man, but those are things to examine. Like these are things that, that are a physical and outward display of a man being involved in the community and caring about the people within his community. Uh, and I think that- the, And you know what, Jordan? Jordan Peterson talked about this in a very early lecture, like when he was doing his college lectures, where he says that women are picking men that they like women basically have the, so many options and they should have options. He says, if a woman is not picking you, if a woman is not picking a specific man due to her expectations or her, um, you know, idea of what that man should be for her, then it's up to the man to own up to the characteristics that he has, the person that he is, and being very honest, but not being like down on yourself or like feeling bad for yourself. Like all you can do is just do something about it, but being honest about like maybe her expectations are a little too high. So let her, you know, run off and and try to find somebody who's gonna fit her rules versus you finding somebody who's like more humble and somebody who wants to build, even though you may not have like a lot of men don't have like all of the money or like the financial status or the, the status within their community that they would want to have over years. But that just takes time to accumulate. Right. Because as a man, it's really about consistency and the development into the per se, the success within the community. And I think that that's the reason why it's so important. You, you kind of examine some of those things as you go into um, a relationship as, as a woman and, and you're looking for a good man. I think that those are qualities of a good man, a man that's sacrificing his time for others. Um, but personally, it's like, this is, I question that. And it's natural for me to question that because we all want intimacy. And, and I'm not talking about intimacy sexually. I'm talking about intimacy and being able to share day-to-day -day life with each other, having similar goals, hopes, and aspirations that you guys spend time together and really actually know each other far deeper than anybody else. And you, you, you find meaning and you find purpose when you establish family, you know, how are we going to raise the kids? All of these things. And this is where I always say, that it's so important for that contentness that you're talking about, like to, to be okay with where you're at, that you don't have to have that woman right now. And maybe you just continue to work on, on what you need to work on in your life as a man, um, is that God ha will have you right where he wants you to be for the moment. And it's okay to not have everything you thought that you would have like me i thought i'd be married by now i thought i'd have a couple little kids you know but i don't and um it's now it's just focusing on what god has put on my heart and and where i feel led to go and it's also better to prepare yourself than to rush into like a relationship especially for those of us who are like 
wanting to acquire marriage, it's better for us to focus on the time and appreciate the time that we have to being single because you only have like yourself to worry about emotionally, physically, financially. When you are in a bond or in a union, in a marriage, you have to constantly look at and and consider a whole nother a whole nother person. It's not just about yourself anymore. So I think that that's something we like need to discuss more because people think, oh, I want to have this like Instagram perfect relationship like everybody else because it, it looks like everybody's got a perfect relationship on Instagram. But in reality, like I think being alone is just as beautiful because those are the times where you can really learn yourself and get like grow in, in our relationship with God. And that's going to potentially lead us to the person we're supposed to be in a union with. Absolutely. Cause I'll tell you this right now, if I wasn't single, I probably never would have started the podcast. And I know that there's people that want to be impacted by this message. If it wasn't for me being single, like you can find meaning even in the worst times of your life. Um, cause honestly, when I started this whole thing, you know, I, I was extremely depressed and I was trying to find, you know, what, what is it that's going to take my mind off of this previous relationship that I was in and the podcast became an outlet for me. I, I've told you guys multiple times, it's like a, a, a therapy session for me. It really is. You know, I wake up in the morning other than yesterday, <laughs> cause we, we struggled yesterday. But I wake up in the morning and I wake up every day and I'm like, who do I got getting on the podcast today, man? I want to do a podcast today because I just love being a part of it. I just love the creation and I love making something new. And then I, I love being the type of guy that, you know, says something that, that maybe impacts you, gets you thinking about the deeper reasons about why you believe and think the way that you do. And I know that, you know, probably on the start of this, it probably sounds a little bit like I'm, I'm pushy on um, giving you advice and, and telling you how to live your life. But I don't know how else to go about it, that, that our expectations are so damn high in the dating world that even me, I, I'll put myself out there, you know? Uh, I want, not to be weird or anything, I want a brunette girl, brown eyes. You know, I probably want want a nice body. Okay, not probably. I do. Um, and it's not because I'm... It's a simple preference is all it is. It's my personal preference. And I, I, I hit on that, and I think it was our third episode about, you know, maybe it's that I want to make sure that she's healthy because if she's going to bear the children, you know, I want to make sure that I'm going to live a long, fruitful life with her. And, and she should expect the same out of me, that I'm healthy, that I'm healthy mentally, that I'm healthy spiritually, because those things are going to play out into the relationship, and it's really going to be what is going to be a determining factor in our success. But here's the other thing, the expectation that if I marry a woman that's fit and she meets all these physical qualities that I want, I can't have this expectation like she's not eventually going to not be as attractive one day because there will come a time when she's not as attractive. But I always say, you know, it's like, I want to, I want to start the relationship with that physical attraction because I, I think, I think the beginning of a relationship is, is a lot predicated on physical attraction. Um, 
And that's the reason why we put so much emphasis in our culture on, on physicality to, to be physically attractive. And I, I think too, you know, as I'm talking about this, I'm also thinking we, we, we put too much emphasis on that. And I'm sitting here and I'm talking about what my, what my physical, you know, uh, how I view a woman physically. Um, so yeah, I don't know. But I think that to be fair, that's, that's due to a lot of uh, social media because we're so affected or influenced, even if we don't want to be, or we don't follow these, these type of people on social media, like that type of body that Kim Kardashian, like small waist, big butt, like the, the trends are always changing just like the beauty standards always changing with the fashion trends. So even if we're not like, we're so, we're still subconsciously being impacted by that. So yeah, we, it's, it's okay to have a preference, but to like base a whole relationship off of the expectation of like, this person is so physically attractive and they're going to stay that way or maintain themselves. That's, it's kind of, it's very unrealistic that way, but it, there's nothing wrong with having preferences. And I think, uh, not enough women hear that or they take offense when they hear that because we're told to uh, have so much body positivity, which is important, but it's it's also important to understand that we are trying to be healthy to live long, fruitful lives, not to just be, you know, um, trying to follow trends. So and there's nothing wrong with having uh, having like a physical attraction. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's the same way, like women that want the guy that's the six foot, the guy that, you know, maybe he's muscular and strong. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I got the perfect body. Yo, I, I'm, I got, I got the dad bod for days. I've thought about starting a business called dad bods anonymous, where I sell t-shirts that cover up my belly. Okay. Like this is some real stuff. Like I'm not perfect and I sure don't expect her to be perfect either, you know, but I, I want that. I, I, I want Here's the thing. I'm not saying that I want a girl that's 5'2", 110, 120 pounds. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I, I, I don't want a woman. This isn't fat shaming, yo. It's just preferences. That's all this is. Yeah. And it's yeah. okay to have those preferences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, women have their preferences in, in different ways of like being able to have financial stability and being able to provide or protect her. So like men and women just biologically have different ways of like recognizing that they're attracted to the other person. So, so there's nothing why, wrong with that. Why, why do you think that the expectation uh, financially is so important for women? I think it's, like I said, I think it's a biological thing. There's definitely women that take it to the extreme and they expect like expensive purses and shoes and like vacations all the time to all these like luxurious places. That I think is like a different type of woman. But if we're talking about just like a normal, humble woman, that comes from a place of knowing that if he's able to to provide financially for her, then he can, he can provide a life for them that is that it, either way, it, both, pe both people are trying to, sorry, hold on. Both people are involved in some type of risk in getting into a marriage. Cause that's what we're talking about. Like that's the type of conversation that we have is in people wanting to aspire to, to get married. Right. So in that case, women that are considering a man for a husband want to test out if he is going to be able to support her 
that's going to be a risk in her aging over time and her bearing his children. Like that's a risk on her part. So she needs to know that he's going to, and so to speak, like hold up his end of the deal. If she has her part to, to play also. Yeah. The way I, the way I think about that um, is a woman has a lot more to risk than a man. Like, I mean, you, you can even look at the court system, like the overwhelming majority of the time, if a divorce happens, the woman is stuck with the child. Okay. And it's not because the man doesn't want to be involved, but the woman, because of femininity, because of natural emotions in a woman, the nurturing side of her, it's a lot harder for a woman to give up a child than a man, I believe. But not all women though are, are good mothers. A lot of, a lot of cases, like how you brought up the, the courts and everything, they're typically yes given to the mother, but in a lot of a lot of cases that's given to the mother regardless of the circumstances of maybe the best place is n- is not with the mother. Sometimes maybe it's for the father, but courts are leaning more so to- towards the mother, even if a, f- a father does want to be in their lives. So it kind of goes both ways as far as like of course case by case, but that that can be um, something that negatively impacts the father if he isn't allowed by the court's uh, ability to take care of his children or to see his children if the courts automatically default to the mother having more rights for the from the children. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely extremely subjective, and I'm not talking you as a listener. I'm not talking about your personal um, situation. Uh, a lot of times, right, right, right. you know, people, <laughs> people hear a general conversation and make it personal, and it's not personal. I'm not talking about anybody that I know. It's my examination of what I've seen is that women naturally will bear more responsibility to the child than the man will. It, it has nothing to do with a man that doesn't want to be there for the child or, or anything like that. Because I do agree with you, Sam. The, the court system has gone more towards um, giving women the rights to the children more than the father, regardless of how good of a mother she is and regardless of how great of a father he is. Uh, the, there's Honestly, that's the biggest disjustice in the American justice system is the way the um, civil court and family court has played out into the family. And I think that it really has, has impacted all of our culture. You know, we talk about fatherless homes and the impact that that has. And there's a lot of men that do not deserve to be around their children. There's also, a, I would say just as many women that do not deserve to be around their children. And the hard yeah. part and the hard part, and this is a real hot take right here. The hard part about it is, is we, we have so many children that don't have good parents, but why don't these children have good parents? That's it. That's the, that's the, that's the question. It's not about like us and our like relationships. Like that's important, but it really comes down to the younger generations of how they're being raised and what they're, what they're being brought up and what they're examining. And because we just repeat cycles. So if a, if a child witnesses bad parenting or toxic parenting, then they're going to repeat that cycle. And it's very difficult. We know it's very difficult to break out and, and evolve from that cycle. Yeah. And this is the reason why this expectations conversation is so dang important is because if your expectations are too high or too low and you don't have in yourself that relationship with God already, like it's going to be a lot harder on your relationship. Because you're not being led by 
anything other than yourself. I've said it a hundred times. You're imperfect. I'm imperfect. Sam is imperfect. We can curate everything and make everything look so nice on social media, but the reality is is that all of us have a sense of evil and malevolence within each one of us. None of us are perfect. Yeah, we can be at war with that all the time. It's good to be at war with that. We're called to be at war with, with that evil and malevolence that we feel in ourselves that nobody else knows about. We're called to be at war with that, and it's God assisting us in that battle to fight those evil and malevolent things inside of us. And I think that a lot of people miss that. So, so when you have that in your life, then you have these expectations that God has for you in a relationship, what, what he wants you to have in per se a woman, what he wants you to have in a man. And um, yeah, just, I wish that we could figure that out as a culture that oftentimes what we are doing right now, say you're 21, 22 years old, and I've been here, okay? I've been here. And you're sleeping around. And um, next thing you know, you get pregnant. And um, now now it's real life. Now you got to figure it out, right? And um, you may not be set up, like, emotionally, mentally, um, spiritually, for the next 18 years of commitment that you have with that child. So the result of that is now this kid may grow up without the father. You may not be the greatest mother because you have a lot to learn still. And this is where like self-awareness is so important, right? Is that you're examining, yo, I'm not ready for a kid. So, Let's take some personal accountability here, personal responsibility, and not go out and sleep around. You know, it's. Have you heard the saying? Have you heard the saying that's like, um, if you aren't ready to have a kid, then, or if, it, I mean, there's a few different ways that I've heard it, but basically, one is like, if you aren't, um, if you aren't able to even like discuss that conversation with whoever you're dating or like whoever you're sleeping with like the potential of having a child and what's the plans, what are we going to do? Like you, there, you have really no reason to even be sleeping with this person, which 1000%, like I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. Um, but maybe some people who are listening are not, or don't have this like knowledge or understanding. So another way to like comprehend that is like biologically, we as women are affected very differently than men are. And sometimes we think that like, being a part of this like independent like sexual liberation thing is very empowering but if you aren't really ready to have a conversation with whoever you're sleeping with and because sex is so casual today that that can like your feelings get in the way and everything like that but you can you can really damage yourself and it's honestly i think it's selfish because you are not taking into consideration the fact that a a pregnancy can take place between two people if you're not really committed to one another and you can really do some damage in like the man not being ready, the woman not being ready, but yet like, okay, we're now we have to do something about the situation that we're in when it could have been avoided or like done differently had those expectations been, been forth like right at the beginning. You know, somebody's probably listening to this and they're like, well, what do I do now? That's already happened. I had a kid out of wedlock you know, I'm a single mom of three, a single dad of three, vice versa, whatever. 
And it's like, well, what do I do now? Because mom or dad isn't involved in the life of this of these children. What can I do now? And I think that this is where um, I don't talk about this in a way that I haven't talked to single parents before. My mom is a single mom of seven. I was raised in an absent home. So my experiences are why these things to me are important to talk about. It's not to judge. It's not to um, be hateful towards anybody. But it's something that that it's like, oh, that's a no-no squared. Let's not touch that. Because if we touch on that, then it's going to offend somebody. And I'm sure between having this conversation, we have offended somebody. Oh, yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. But offense is a natural insecurity of knowing that I may be doing something wrong or that's challenging and people don't want to be challenged. We live in a culture where everything's about comfort and feel good and touchy feely, blah, 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 blah. And the reality is like life is not that way. Life is not touchy feely. Life isn't perfect. It's not sunflower, sunflowers, rainbows and butterflies and unicorns floating around the sky. Okay. Real life, real life is difficult. And these, these people in, in their early 20s, when I was in my early 20s, y'all, I had to grow up quick. I had to learn that quick, that life isn't easy. You know, losing brother a brother, losing my dad, losing my grandpa, like all of this death that I experienced early on in life was very positive for me because it taught me there's so much meaning to life and what I can do right now. You're 21, you're 22 years old. There's so much you can do. You're a single parent right now. There's so much that you can do. And the best advice I can give you, honestly, is to listen to the episodes with my mom on the series Boundaries because we dig into the details and the stories, the in and the outs and her personal experiences and challenges. And I can't speak on that because I wasn't a sing. I'm not a single parent. I'm not a single dad. And um, I think, you know, going back to kind of what I was I was hitting on like a while back about like examining where I'm at at 28 years old. Why am I single? You know, there's all these expectations in the dating world. There's, there's all this and that. It's a true blessing to be where I'm at. I'm lucky. Like I said, I've been there. I'm lucky that I haven't had kids. And and I I recognize that. Um, but I'll also say this, uh, about hookup culture is that one thing I found through it in my personal experience was all it led me to was, was sadness, truly sadness. Um, because I never, I never dealt with my emotions. So in order for me and I think that a lot of men do this. And this is the reason why hookup culture is so prevalent right now. Because everybody is so hurt emotionally. That I was drowning my emotions instead of facing them by sleeping with a woman. And what I got in return was even further. It's like I was just digging that shovel. I was digging my grave into each woman that I slept with, knowing that I couldn't really intimately connect with this person, but I just wanted to bang one out. And what a weak, what a weak position I was in. It's yeah. like a dope, it's a dopamine hit every time. And you could say the same for 
um, people who are addicted to other things like being addicted to food or social media or like scrolling on TikTok, you know, like that's something that a lot of people have that can, that can, I'm sure relate to. Yeah, you get that so momentary being, gratification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you get it quick. You're constantly looking for the next thing. So it's easy to drown our emotions or like not want to face the things that we really know we have to face because it's doing like some deep inner work when you could just like hook up with somebody like, and those are the things that um, 20, 21 year olds are not being told. They're being told that like for women, at least that, you know, you're, you're, liber you're liberating yourself and that um, if a man can do it, why can't you? But, you know, going back to just like the basics, our biology, we're not set, we're not set up the same way. And women can use uh, the hookup culture as well as a form of uh, coping, using it as a coping mechanism rather than like facing their fears and like being honest and vulnerable is not easy. It's not meant to be easy. But if you want to have like a, a lasting, fulfilling life, then those are things that we need to assess and like be honest with one another about, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with this because it's going to look different for everybody. But in a world or a society where we're constantly being hit with like constant dopamine hits, it's it's difficult to narrow down and and really like narrow exactly what it is that we need to fix. So this will wrap kind of into um, expectations. But I was watching a TikTok video the other day, um, which is kind of weird for me. I really don't scroll through my for you page on TikTok because I just get depressed. Uh, so so I, I don't scroll through it, but I just happened to be doing it the other day. And there's this guy, he's sitting there saying, hey, you know, you need to keep your roster of women for your hookups, even though you're talking to somebody because you know that she's going to leave. If you mess up, she'll have somebody right there in the DMs. She'll have somebody right there on her roster that she can go sleep with. Maybe it's the ex-boyfriend or maybe it's the dude she's been hooking up with for the last six months until she met you, whatever it is. And what's your... um. What's your perspective on that? Do you think a man should keep his roster? No, um, but we're talking about two different two different worlds. Like really going back to when we're talking about the red pill, because the red pill promotes, um, you know, financial stability and your fitness, and it eliminates like your spirituality and uh, the type of relationships that we have. Well, also, are extremely spiritual go ahead I, i'm sorry and i don't normally interrupt you but i, I want to hit on one thing about the red pill thing is that andrew tate look at andrew tate he's sitting in the studio he's got all these women around him and he's bragging as he's as he's sharing his his red pill movement stuff he's bragging about all of these women that he could sleep with and has slept with and been with and it's just like is, is that our expectation? Is that, is that what is classified in, in the red pill movement? It's not, is it? It is classified as a high value man, as a man that sleeps around. That's utterly pathetic. I'm sorry. Now go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I had to yeah, go off about that. That's like the Danvilsarian effects, right? Like that's where we started to see the playboy and the more women you're with, the better. But again, you're just like drowning yourself in so much pleasure that I can't imagine, you know, how exhausting that can be after a certain amount of time, because how, like, how, how much more do you need? Like, you're never going to get tired of it. So no, I don't think that a man should have a roster. I think the, the like message behind that is that a woman can always leave and she's going to have another option or she probably in the back of her mind says, you know what, if this doesn't work out with the guy I'm with right now, I can go with somebody else, which 
yeah, men should be aware of that, but not necessarily saying, you know what, if she's going to do it to me, then I have, I'm going to do it to her first because you're really just um, projecting at that point. You're really Mm -hmm. just expecting things not to work. So you're going to have to have a plan B and I'm just not a fan of like plan B's at all. But I mean, having a roster no i especially for like men that want to have a i I don't understand when men say that they want to have like a wife or they want to have like a meaningful relationship but they're like sleeping around with women who they know are not going to give them that they're like oh she's toxic or you know she's so manipulating but yeah you're gonna sleep with her and you're gonna give her the expectation that a relationship is potentially down the road but you you're not being honest about that and you're still like not getting out of that like repeating cycle because you keep going back to this type of woman that you say you don't want so it's like do you really want that or do you do you just act like you want that and i think like the problem with keeping a roster as a man is we are called to lead by example and that's the reason why keeping a roster that shows that you're an utterly weak man Look, I'm not I'm not here to to make you feel good, okay? You get enough feel good stuff, I'm not here to make you feel good. That is weak. If if you want to keep a roster because you're scared that this woman is going to go out and sleep with another man in the midst of you making a mistake in the relationship, your expectation of the woman is in the wrong place. You you are expecting the wrong type of woman. The right type of woman will want to work on things with you. It will not be a woman who goes and hooks up with the next dude on on the line because you're searching for the same woman that has the same values as you. And if your value is purely sexuality, then yeah, keep the roster. Keep that weak mentality that you can't be faithful and you can't be committed to just one woman because the potential that you might be hurt, you might be hurt out of a situation. Like, where's the trust in God in that situation? Where's you leading as a man in that situation? I don't know why we don't reason things like this. I want a woman that's not going to go back to that roster. But everything that I'm doing right now is I'm evaluating. If I'm in the talking stage, I'm evaluating if this is a woman I can trust with my life. Because my life, look. My life is going to be sacrificed to her. Look, burglar breaks into the house. I promise you, I'm going to tell my wife, get in the closet, and I'm going to go beat the hell out of this dude that just broke in my house. I'm going to make sure he's held accountable for what he's doing. But that's my job as a man is to protect. That's what I feel in me. Like, it's a natural inclination for me to go do that. It's nothing to do with, like, some type of hierarchy or patriarchy bull crap. It's just naturally, I'm physically built stronger. So why wouldn't I fight the intruder? And um, it's important to examine ourselves as men um, that we have to lead by example. And living a life of fear and a lack of courage will lead you to narcissism, selfishness, because you're always in this mode of self-protection. And it's important to protect yourself, but protect yourself according to the standards that God has set for you. 
look, if you follow God's word, that yeah, there's evil and there's malevolence and bad things will still happen to you. It's not perfect being a Christian. But the hope in it is, is that it makes you aware of what may be to come down the road because God has already put out the warning to you. I heard a uh, statistic recently that really blew my mind. Um, A Christian couple um, have a podcast and I I love to listen to it. And they're like a Southern Christian couple and they talk about their experience and like what's worked in their marriage, what hasn't. They've been married over like 25 years. And I heard in the podcast, the statistic that married couples that pray together have a 99% chance of not divorcing a 99% chance of staying together when they pray together. I had no idea. Like, I don't know if, I don't know at what, like, I mean, it makes sense. I just, I, that was like mind blowing to me. Yeah. Because, you know, we've talked about it, the triangle, you know, your wife or husband and then God. And, and once you're submitting to something else besides just each other, Now you have even more of a meaning in that relationship. So it'd make total sense that 99% of marriages would work out more. But who in that relationship is, is, it's not that a woman couldn't lead this, but a man is called to lead that spiritually. A man is called to say, hey, you know, I know that we've been struggling in our relationship and I just want to take some time to, to submit ourselves to God and, and, and pray about our situation because I want to make sure that things work with you. Look, that's, what's going to determine success in a relationship because you're not submitting to your ego and you're not following every little nook and cranny thing that she's telling you to do or vice versa. You're submitting it to God and you're allowing God to lead the marriage. And the other thing too is in a situation where a married couple would find whatever reason to get divorced or separate after a certain amount of time, like let's say a woman like says she's not happy and she just says, you know what? I just feel like I don't love you anymore. So I'm going to leave. I think I can be with somebody better or I need to be on my own. Well, that's, that's in one relationship. That's not under God. A a true marriage, a true union that is under God. You're not going to be able to like take that situation and say, you know what, for my own reasons, I need to get out because you're going to say, you know what? Let's give this over to God. There's some things that we need help from. Like we need to humble ourselves and saying that we don't know everything and you want to make something work because you committed to one another. You can give that to God. You can ask for help from the one individual who can actually help us. So there's there's a huge like underlying factor in a, in a marriage that would work versus one that you can just be like, you know what? I'm done. I give up and walk away. And I think that's one of the most hurtful things I've ever received in a relationship was I don't love you anymore. Um, that's a, an extremely hard thing to hear because what they're saying is, is I've given up. They're not saying I'm here for the long run. They're saying I'm done. I don't love you anymore. And it's one thing to say, I don't feel the same way I did six months ago because our relationship has really been on the rocks lately and we haven't really been able to focus on on what our relationship is about and our intimacy. Instead, it's like, 
I don't love you anymore and I can't see myself being with you anymore. Talking about something like that, man, I, I remember when I felt that was, uh, you know, what can I do? And she's already given up at this point. There's nothing that I can do. So naturally, the result of that is a failed relationship. Now, I, I think that there's a lot to that, though. In my situation, for instance, was it was coming, right? Like, you, I mean, it was, it was on the wall. You could tell it was coming. It was just a matter of time before it came. And um, the problem with us men is oftentimes we get so damn complacent in our lives where we fail to be aware of what's happening because of the decisions that we're making. Maybe it's because we're overly focused on playing golf all the time or we're overly focused on the business that we're running or just work in general and not living a balanced life to make sure that we're giving our wife and children the attention that they need and we get complacent in that and it hurts us when it turns into... I can no longer be part of this relationship because I've fallen out of love with you and it hits you like a brick wall. Um, yeah, I think especially for the guys that are listening, that is so important. When you are in a relationship or like we're, we're not married, you and I, but you know, that's what we're having this conversation. Um, it's so important for the man to still pursue the woman that they're with even after you get hurt. Like, the attitude that you have when you're trying to get with her right in the beginning, like gifts and flowers and like spending time, like learning each other, learning about each other, that curiosity to yeah. learn about the other person needs to continue. Cause we're individually always evolving. Yeah. So if our, our partner, I don't like to use that word, but if our partner um, kind of just says, you know what, you know, I'm with this person, it kind of, especially as a woman, like your, your feelings get hurt. Because you're you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable, being with a being with one person, choosing to be with one person, and it's it's just so like I can't put enough emphasis on it, and I'm glad we're talking about it because that's probably like the biggest issue that that men are having in a relationship is the the complacency. But like it's good to be vulnerable because I, I'm sure there's tons of guys out there that have have gone through the same situation. Yeah, I think of it just like. You know, preparing for a football game, you're practicing. This is like your talking stage in the relationship. And then you show up at the game. You're actually playing it now. And maybe the result is that you win. Maybe you lose the game. And so now that you've lost the game, it's like, okay, we got to focus on next week. And I think that this is often what, what men do. Yeah, we're extremely hurt by that for a little bit. We go and study some film, and then we move on. We do our thing. And, and we go on to the next game, and hopefully it wins. But we're constantly living this life of a win-or-lose situation instead of having this mentality like we're constantly going to be at work on it. Because um, I know I failed on that. You know, I've even had girlfriends in the past that said, you know, why don't we go do anything anymore? Why don't you buy me flowers? Why don't you buy me gifts? You know that that's what I like. That's why I fell in love with you. And ego got in the way there. Ego was like, what are you talking about? I'm doing all this work. I'm doing this. I'm doing that because I'm stressed. I'm stressed, you know, but I'm not taking a minute to step back and recognize 
I, I it's like it's like there's like a, a different dynamic to love with women. You know, it's yeah. like um <laughs> that love language is different. Like as a man, I need to be I respected and that. validated, but um that's a good tip right there. Like if you guys aren't aware, people who are listening, like the five love languages can be applied to not just in like romantic relationships, but you can take that like into your work, into your family, your friends and such. So it's like physical touch, gifts, quality time, acts of service, and I'm missing one. Um, shoot, I always forget one of them. But like you can take a quick quiz. It's like 10 minutes and it'll tell you your top love languages and learning the other person's love language. Like mine is um, a quality time. I think that was the fifth one that I was missing. Yeah. But quality time, mine is quality time. So I would rather just like spend 10 minutes with somebody going to like go get frozen yogurt than it is for somebody to like buy me an expensive gift. Like I yeah. want one-on-one attention. So just like learning those little things about, hey, I like this, like all five are important, but just learning that, you know what, this person would really appreciate if I gave them like something inexpensive, like go to the grocery store, the flowers there are like five, 10 bucks, you know? So it doesn't have to be like, I think if I were a man, it would probably be very like overwhelming to think like, these women only care about materialistic things. I can't afford that. But in reality, like women are are naturally just going to be drawn to you if you just say, I was thinking about you. And I think for a lot of men, they think that that's weak for them to yeah. say, you know what, send, send them like a, a nice text and say, hey, I'm at work, but I was thinking about you. They're like, oh, that's weak. Like you're a simp if you do stuff like that. It's like, no, like the girl is going to love that. They're like, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. he's thinking about me. So like that, the understanding, the dynamic, but they're so different the way that men interpret and the way that women interpret things. And that right there is a perfect example of complicating the dating world. You know, it's really just about us being intentional and as men and being vulnerable, putting ourselves out there, knowing like these men that, that are, that are scared to get hurt again. I just can't help but think of about, and I don't mean this to be so non-empathetic or compassionate, but it's just so weak. You got to be strong in that. You got to be okay with your emotions. You got to be okay with putting yourself on the line because all you as a man, let's say in a relationship where you don't have kids, all you have to risk is, 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 is finances and your heart. They're yeah. very attracted to that vulnerable side like a woman wants to pull that out of a man not necessarily like you're gonna be like that with every person like that's supposed to be special between you and a woman mm -hmm. so a woman definitely wants to see like that sensitive side that doesn't make you weak like you could be the strongest like guy in the world and if like okay let's say like andrew tate right yeah. like he's he's seen as this like kickboxer guy top g whatever whatever but like <laughs> I've, I've listened to some of his stuff and he's a very like vulnerable, like he's in touch with his emotions. So I can see the attraction of why women are drawn to him because he has that like side where he is so like, um, controversial and he's so assertive and kind of aggressive, but he has that vulnerable side that he knows when to turn it on and off, maybe in a manipulating way. But the important thing is that he knows he has it and he knows that that is going to draw a woman in and she's just really going to like give him her heart. So, That's very important. 
So how can a man determine when is the right time to be vulnerable with a woman? Because I think like a lot of us men, especially at the beginning of a talking stage, is we we do kind of have to put on this like I have to be strong, you know, and and I can't let her know what I'm going through. So like at what point from that talking stage do you start opening up and become vulnerable? It might help if the woman is vulnerable first. Um, because mm. our relationships, not just romantic are like reciprocal. Like if one person is going to open up and say something like that might be a good chance for you to open up and say something. So, I mean, of course you want to make sure that the woman is emotionally intelligent where she's not going to be like, why aren't you like making this about me? Why are you making it about you? But what I'm trying to say is that it's a connection that you guys are making as far as like, this is something that I'm struggling with. It doesn't have to be like, a, a trauma that you experience from like a young age like maybe you want to save that later down the line you don't want to like be too vulnerable too quickly but just kind of test the waters like just see you know what like wait for how she's going to respond so not putting it on her to react a certain way of like this is how I expect her to react but kind of just like you're kind of testing it out to see you know what how did how would she react is she able to acknowledge me and listen to me and like be compassionate those are things that uh, women should have they should have empathy so if she isn't like that way or she can't be that isn't a, an attack towards the man but maybe she just doesn't allow herself to be vulnerable and if a man gives himself up too quickly then he can hurt himself in the process when she didn't really she probably wasn't even expecting that I've had a situation where I was talking to a girl for a few weeks and uh, this was during my depressed time and I felt like I needed to share like what I was going through. And, um, I opened up to this girl <laughs> and I probably shouldn't have opened up to her. Probably better to call my buddy at the time. Um, but I opened up to her and the result of it was ghosted, right? At the time it's like, wow, I really can't show these emotions to anybody because nobody will really get it. And it's so subjective to just that one person. There's other Yeah, you women. could take it very personal. Like, I'm sure that that made you feel like, oh, well, I don't want to trust anybody then. But in reality, it probably wasn't, it had, it had nothing to do with you. It's probably the way that she interprets things. She probably has trouble, like, processing her own emotions. And sometimes guys have that where they think, like, you know what, it's a woman and she has this, like, nurturing aspect of her that she naturally has. But that's a very vulnerable thing for a woman to want to share with a man. Like she doesn't, you don't want your future wives to be vulnerable and like allow any guy to come and unload yeah, his emotions yeah. onto her. Right. Like that's a form of protection of like, you want to make sure that that's, that's something between you and her. So it, it's not always um, a situation where the woman is like taking advantage of the situation and she doesn't want or doesn't care. But sometimes like, I'm sure you've learned like it could be too much too early. And it, yeah. that, that's something maybe like you said, like that's certain talk for like guys. And then there's yeah. certain talk for, for with your woman. And I think probably there's a lot of men that struggle with when is, is that right time? And, and I would almost say, you know, think, thinking back on that situation. Um, one thing that I wish that I would have done. And, and I kind of do this now, um, is I almost have like a hierarchy of, of, you know, what my internal insecurities or, or problems are as a man. And 
you know, you, you kind of start at the bottom of that hierarchy, right? Like the lowest, the lowest on that list. And you start sharing those things and see how she reciprocates that, see how she reacts to it. And then you dig into the next thing at the right moment when it's appropriate, when the conversation is natural, not just like, okay, Monday at 7 a.m., I'm going to go down this list every Monday. Like, come on, that's overcomplicating things. Allow it to flow naturally. Um, but again, mm-hmm. I, I'm no I'm no dating expert, okay? I, I am no dating expert. I have dealt with so many failed, like, talking stages, first dates, second dates, third dates, relationships. I am no perfect like dating coach or whatever. But I think something that you can take away from me is that I share myself and I put myself out there as an example to you guys to take away from some of my mistakes in the hopes that maybe you don't make the same that I did or maybe it's something that you evaluate within yourself. Maybe these are steps that I do need to take in order to live that more happy and fulfilled life. Because I'll tell you this, where I'm at now, if, she, if okay, right now I've been talking to a girl for I think a little over a month, which is awesome. That's great. My expectations aren't through the roof. Like, honestly, I'm just going with the flow. I don't expect things to end. I don't expect things to be in a relationship. I have utterly no expectations because months ago, I gave my view of the dating world and relationships to God. So I don't have to worry about that anymore. And so now as I approach talking to somebody, I just get to be myself. I just get to be real, raw, and authentic. And as I do that, I'm not worried about not talking to her anymore. I'm not worried about some other guy coming in and, and swooning her and winning her over. Because my value is predicated on God. And because my value is predicated on God, who can tear me down? Only myself. Because I have submitted it to God. And if I start relying on myself, then I'm tearing myself down from my stronghold is God. So I, I think that that's something important that somebody can take from in finding peace, you know, I'm talking about weakness. I'm talking about weakness as in those little things are actually signs that you're extremely vulnerable. Okay. You're putting up this, oh, well, you know, delete your, or don't delete your roster. Keep it up. You're vulnerable. You're scared. You're very scared. And you got to go into it courageously. But I think that the only way that you can face your fears with a sense of courage is with God in your life. I mean, because I'm experiencing that right now. I used to be that scared boy. I used to have to keep all these women on the side, make sure I have a backup plan. You know, when I start getting tired of this one, I can move over to this one. This is, and, and, and at the end of the day, what I found is it was just confusing. And now I don't want to be confused. I want to focus on one, but I have no expectations on it ending or it going somewhere. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, fantastic. God has me where he wants me. And I think that's a place for all of us to get to. And I'm not perfect in it. I have my hard days, okay? Look, man, um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy, Sam. 
Yeah, if our expectations are too low, that we we have look, we're risking the potential of getting hurt, like regardless of what you do. If you don't take a chance, you're you're risking something. If you if you go for it, you're taking a risk. So are we willing to just like take the risk or are we just gonna like stay in fear, have a backup plan in case like we get hurt first and then you're like, No, see, I hurt you first. Like I, I that's not the way that I wanna be and I, I would I would think that a lot of other people don't want to live life that way. That's not going to be fulfilling or long lasting. So I think, like you said, just life gets us. Don't get us, don't get down too low or go too high. And then you just know, you know what, we're just taking it a day at a time. Like it doesn't have to be this daunting task. And as long as we're just like asking God for guidance, like correct me, tell me what to do, take these people out of my life if they're not supposed to be. Like, I think people would be real surprised about um, what God will do to our prayers when we just ask for help. All you got to do is just ask for a little bit of help, a little yeah. bit of guidance. Yeah. Well, I think, Sam, that we, we, we should wrap this up. Um, I think it was a very good conversation. I know some very hard-hitting probably punches that came out of it, especially from me, which is typical from me. I'm not a very agreeable person, very countercultural. And honestly, I fully accept that position that I'm in. Sam, is there anything else you want to say? I'm glad we were able to finally get this out. I felt like because we were having so many issues with, with recording this one, like maybe it was something that really needed to be said. So I hope somebody connected with what we talked about because we went through so much trouble just trying to get this message out. So yeah. let us know if you guys are listening, what you liked, what you didn't like as usual. And we're going to keep, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep um, putting out a good conversation that hopefully people are, are appreciating and enjoying listening to. Don't be afraid to offer some criticism. Hopefully your criticism isn't just a trolling type criticism where you just criticize and you don't, you aren't constructive with it. I think that that's one thing as a culture, you know, especially on YouTube. Yo, I, I, I don't get trolls on TikTok, but YouTube, I get trolls on everything. You know, I'm just like, what? That makes no sense. Why are they not trolling me here when I had just as many views here? And then over here on this other side, I'm getting all these trolls that are like, eh, you know, and I, I, I don't understand that. And I think that it's actually um, a lack of understanding and competence if you are solely a criticizer and you don't constructively criticize. But I am 100% open to criticism. I want yeah. criticism. Criticism makes us better, makes us stronger, teaches us which direction we need to go, how we can be stronger, how we can develop and be better effective communicators, especially here on the podcast as we're providing you guys what we believe to be a very important message and sharing some of the things that are a little bit vulnerable for us to share and things that, you know, um, our experiences that the hope is you guys can really take. We'll call that a wrap, yo, on SNO Hot Takes. It's Samantha Jimenez. Yo, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, you guys make sure that... Uh, you uh you yeah you, you you know what to do but shoot me a follow <laughs> on spotify you know that way you're notified when new episodes come out these awesome conversations i think uh sam and i are in the works of a awesome episode next week that we're gonna we're gonna record and then it will be released two weeks from now and then uh make Exciting. sure that you guys leave a apple podcast review as that will increase the analytics on the podcast 
get it out to more people so that people hear these important conversations and hopefully people are challenged. We should always be challenged in life. Subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment below, hopefully constructive criticism or things that you liked about this. Hit the like button and you guys share this with your friends and family on your socials or shoot them a text with a link to it if you got something from it. You guys have a great rest of your week and God bless. Bye.